Welcome to this podcast, Isn't Working. I'm Heidi, the host here, and every week I talk about all manner of things, but they kind of come under the broad umbrellas of parenthood, mental health, and creativity. And the whole idea of this podcast is it is my hobby, it's not my job, so hopefully I can just not take myself too seriously. That's the that's the idea, hence the title not working. Uh, let's just keep it light. Uh, no one is assessing me at the end of this and my paycheck does not depend on it. Thank goodness. Uh, let's just have fun. So anyway, uh, what I wanted to talk about this week was something that came up when I watched a video on YouTube. Now, uh, there's a content creator called Alison Anderson and she posted a video about things that she regrets spending money on in her 20s. And one of the things that she mentioned was buying things for her fantasy self is the way she said it. Now that term just really stuck out to me. It really resonated with me and I felt straight away like I knew exactly what she was talking about. And she mentioned that she'd bought fancy dresses and high heels at one point, even though it went against her, you know, her whole personality and what she liked to do. So she wasn't really a party person. She preferred to be at home and she hated wearing high heels. And yet she bought these things because it was kind of for this fantasy self, like this other version of herself that would probably go to a party or, you know, be fancy enough to, you know, strut around in high heels. Um, Anyway, I found this really interesting because it set off this train of thought in me uh, that was kind of, um, I guess, uh, hilariously deep compared to what she was talking about because she was kind of saying, You know, obviously when she was in her 20s, she was quite frivolous with what she had and yeah, and she regrets that. But I started to think a bit more about this fantasy self because it's something that's a big part, I think, of my current experience of life. Uh, Let me explain. So I, it comes out in a few different ways, this whole fantasy self for for me. Uh, And I wanted to talk today about maybe what we could learn from our fantasy self, I suppose, because I do think that most people would have this sort of part to them where they, uh, you kind of imagine another life or you uh, yearn for this other self and you do things and have certain, make certain decisions based on what you would hope to be like. Um, A lot of things, I think the easiest example is really anything related to health, isn't it? You know, when we buy a gym membership because we think that we'll change and we'll become someone who goes to the gym five days a week. Uh, you know, and things like that. And we, we don't tend to do that because our current lifestyle and our routine is not, doesn't include the gym. So, you know, it's not really relevant to um, where we're at right now. Uh, but for me, uh, it's funny. Yeah, it comes out in different ways. And I, uh, I, if you're someone who's in my close circle of life, um, you've probably heard me say at one point, uh, I, I really think I should have been born on a farm. I just have this, I'm always saying, I should have been born on a farm. It's just, it's kind of, I get this feeling, it's where I belong. You know, this sort of life that's simple and gritty and, you know, it's all about the simple things in life and hard work. And, you know, I know that uh, farm life can be incredibly difficult and, um, 
you know, backbreaking and heartbreaking and all those things. But it's so weird how much I yearn for that type of, uh, you know, environment and those type of skills and, you know, yeah, just that that earthy honesty to it. And uh, I, of course, was not born on a farm. And well, you don't know that, but I wasn't. And I certainly do not live on a farm right now. Uh, You know, I'm just a woman in my 30s living in the suburbs. And that's my life. I'm not like I live in a house. I don't live, you know, out in a on a property. And I've got a tiny little paved backyard with a bit of astroturf. You know, I don't even have any grass anymore. (laughs) Um, You know, it's it couldn't be further from my life now. But it's something that is uh, in my mind a lot. And I find myself being drawn towards things that kind of fit that framework. Like I just love uh, artisan craft. Like uh, I love spending time researching and watching people um, create things that are quite ancient. So or like, you know, things that have been from the past. So I love watching people make cold process soap. I find that fascinating and I love watching people do wood turning, you know, turning wood on a lathe. That is just incredible as well. I love pottery and ceramics. You know, that's absolutely amazing. I love watching that. Um, I just I'm drawn to this sort of thing. And a huge thing that I spend a lot of time reading about and watching content uh, about is homesteading. So people who live on homesteads. Uh, like modern homesteads. So they're living on the property uh, where they grow all their fruit and vegetables and uh, they're quite self-sufficient. A lot of them have, you know, they might have livestock or um, a network in town where they get those things and they're really living off the land. They're living with the seasons and, you know, a lot of their homes are that kind of exactly what you would imagine in your mind is a homestead. It's very like worn in and homey and, you know, eclectic and authentic. It's it's very, oh, I don't know what it is, but man, it speaks to me, you know. Uh, but again, it's not who I am. It's not who I am right now. It's nothing to do with where I'm at. Um, another thing I've always been drawn to is this idea of slow living, uh, which is this beautiful concept. Uh, if you wanted to uh, listen to a new podcast and you haven't listened to it before, um, there's a beautiful podcast by Brooke McCallery and her husband, and they talk all about slow living in a fast paced world. I'll leave a link in the show notes. But yeah, I, I love slow living. So this idea of taking our time and uh, being, you know, purposeful and full of intent and yeah, consideration and, you know, awareness and mindfulness of what's going on um another thing i'm drawn to is the idea of meditation i'm i you know i love that idea and i do try sometimes to meditate but in my mind you know i'm always imagining this i i again have said um many people have heard me say as well i very much want to run away to a monastery somewhere of course i want to take my family with me my little family but i just the idea of being remote and devout and you know uh in just in nature uh and that sort of thing i love that idea i love the idea of minimalism so anyway what i'm trying to say is all these things are so far from where my life is at right now right 
And when I have spare time, I'm investing that time in researching and thinking and yearning for these things. But am I missing something in the here and now? You know, I guess when I heard Alison talking about the fantasy self, I felt a little guilty because I started to think about, you know, how much time and energy I've wasted on this person who doesn't exist. You know, this, uh, I don't know what I would be, but some sort of like monkish farm hand, uh, I don't know, some sort of Jillaroo in the never nevers, like roaming around and sleeping under the stars and, you know, making my own, I don't know, <laughs> making my own soap, right? So a really clean Jillaroo, that's for sure. But um, anyway, I digress. Uh, I wanted to share with you, so I'm going to jump around a little bit here because I did want to share a couple of little quotes uh, from some books I have because um, I was thinking about this whole thing and it made me think of these two books that I've read that are quite different, uh, but I just thought it was worth sharing. Uh, so the first book is um, called Buddhism for Mothers. Uh, it's by an author called Sarah Napdali, and it's beautiful. I was actually recommended this book by my psychologist um, and not for the religious content. He was certainly like, you know, if you can sort of put the religious uh, content to the side, um, I mean, of course, if you are interested in Buddhism and you want to look into this, that's like go you. Um, but what he was saying was there were a lot of uh, principles and ideas in the book that were incredible to read as a mom, uh, particularly. And, you know, when it comes to being mindful and, uh, you know, trying to enjoy and um, be in the present moment uh, as a mom. And I've got to say that I haven't read the whole book, but I can definitely recommend as much like the amount I've read. There's some beautiful things in there uh, that were quite poignant, I felt, and very beautifully said. Um, and I just wanted to share a little bit from there. And then I want to share something from another book as well. And it'll all make sense in the end. So uh, Sarah writes, uh, she's writing about the noble truths, uh, which I think is a Buddhist idea. Uh it, she says, the second noble truth is more of a revelation. It explains that the cause of suffering and unsatisfactoriness is desire. The world we live in has turned us into creatures tormented by innumerable desires. Uh, the objects of our desire won't bring us peace, and we are often blind to the effects of our endless striving for them. Um, <clears throat> so she also says, uh, what does she say here? Yeah, she says here... Although we see our desires as stepping stones on the way to happiness, they in fact make us overlook any potential for happiness in the present moment. Uh, and she goes on later to say as well that if we could learn to live in full awareness of our present moment and explore our own nowness instead of rehashing the past or planning the future, we would find more joy in our lives, even moments of unsurpassed bliss. Uh, yeah, uh, so she talks about that. And then she also says later, which I found interesting as well, um, by being more aware of how our body is responding to the events of the day, we can conserve our energy. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, okay, hang on. So that that is uh, from Buddhism for Mothers. Now, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm certainly, I don't fully understand the Buddhist principles and I'm I'm sure I'm taking this out of context in a way, but Essentially, you know, I loved that she made me think about how I was spending my energy, you know, and that this idea of uh, yearning for things that we either don't have, or she also mentions yearning for things that we have to be taken away that we don't want anymore. 
uh, you know, they're huge expenditures of energy. And um, as she puts it, you know, our happiness is being robbed from us because we're not even being where we are now. Uh, so that, that kind of fits in with where I was thinking, you know, like straight after I had heard Alison talk about the fantasy self, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly my problem. You know, i am always got my head somewhere else and trying to build this whole life, like kind of in my imagination. That's, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's not real. Um, but then I remembered, uh, in another book, which I'm sure most people have now heard of, which is called, uh, the life changing magic of tidying. By Marie Kondo, um, she she talked about something that has stayed with me. Uh, really, I don't know why, but it's just it comes into my mind quite a lot because I find it really relevant to this whole issue. Um, and she basically says the following: so she's talking about clothes and items where we've bought them, but we'd ne- never ever have worn them or never used them. And she says, where did you buy that particular outfit and why? If you bought it because you thought it looked cool in the shop, then it has fulfilled the function of giving you a thrill when you bought it. Then why did you never wear it? Was it because you realized that it didn't suit you when you tried it on at home? Well, if so, and if you no longer buy clothes of the same style or color, then it has fulfilled another important function. It has taught you what doesn't suit you. And she goes on later to say, Every object has a different role to play. Not all clothes have come to you to be worn threadbare. It is the same with people. Not every person you meet in life will become a close friend or lover. Um, And she goes on and on to say like a bit more about that. Uh, But yeah, she she basically is saying if you go through your things and uh, look at what their role is for you, their purpose for you. So she talks about, you know, with a book. A book's true purpose, obviously, is to be read. Um, But, you know, for each person, it might be different. Uh, You know, say you uh, have a bookshelf that's very beautiful and organized in order of color. Uh, So it looks kind of like, you know, a rainbow and you don't have any orange spines. Well, if you go to buy a book with an orange spine, its purpose is to finish your rainbow, right? It's not its purpose is not to be read. And I kind of love that. And I'm not saying, obviously, and I'm sure Marie Kondo is not saying, go out and buy whatever you want um, and, you know, whatever, like um, buy whatever you want, don't wear it and then throw it away because it's just kind of fun buying it. Because she even talks about, um, you know, that sometimes the purpose of something is just the thrill of buying it is its purpose has uh, come to fruition, uh, which is I guess a bit of a contentious thing to say, but I really liked this idea of uh, questioning, you know, there's not just one purpose or role of something in our lives. It's not that clear cut. And if we were to sort of turn it a little, we could learn something from it. So for example, there, she said, instead of feeling guilt and stress and holding on to an item that we purchased, but we never used, why don't we see uh, if it's actually already performed its role if it's uh, given us something that we needed from it for example you know taught us about what suits us and what doesn't Um, I think that's a really beautiful idea and I know those two books have nothing to do with each other and I'm also taking things way out of context but those two things I don't know it just it helped me kind of build this picture where I started to realize that There is a potential for this yearning part of us, you know, this part that sort of is focusing outside of our immediate situation 
where we are thinking about, you know, this fantasy self, who we wish we were, where we wish we were, the things we wish we didn't have and all of that. There obviously is part of us that feels bad and, you know, is is wasted on that. But what if we looked at it slightly differently, kind of like Marie Kondo is saying, um, you know, where she's talking about uh, looking at something from a little bit of a different angle and possibly being, I guess, a little kinder to ourselves. You know, all this energy that I push out into these uh, parts of my life where I wish I was more active and I, I wish were bigger parts of my everyday life, you know, um, it's not for me to uh, berate myself and try to stop focusing on those things and focusing right on, you know, the little nitty gritties of my day. Maybe there's something I can learn from it because yearning comes from somewhere. You know, I'm a big believer in gut instinct and I think you know, there's parts of us that just happen naturally like that. You know, I am gravitating towards these things at this this point in my life. Why is that? And in a way, I feel like I'm still honoring what Sarah Naptali was saying about being present in the now, because it's more of an observation at that point, you know, so we yearn and we push and we invest in things that are not necessarily our current situation. Uh, but, um, it's not, you know, it's still valid then to observe ourselves doing that and say, oh, why is that? You know, um, buying a gym membership. So kind of taking the Marie Kondo idea. So buying a gym membership in theory, you know, the, the obvious, uh, reason to do that is because you're thinking to yourself, oh, I need to be healthier. You know, I'm out of shape or I, whatever the thing is. But what if it could be a different reason, you know, if we took the time to observe within ourselves where that's coming from, is it something more to do with feeling accepted? Um, And then where does that stem from? Is there something that happened when you were younger or a story in your life that's been repeated where you've felt on the outer and not accepted by people or partners or whatever? And is there something you could do about that? Is that the yearning within you is to sort that out, like, you know, to heal from that and to change that story? Um, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Um, I'm always going to yammer on about that on here. But, you know, and maybe that's what that is, you know, is um, instead of buying a gym membership, you know, uh, you realize, oh, my gosh, I'd love to go to therapy and um, explore a little bit about why it is that I feel disconnected and not accepted. That's just an example. Uh, But I think there's more, yeah, more to be learned than what is obvious. Um, Because someone could say that it's very silly that I spend my time watching people make soap, (laughs) but maybe it's not so useless. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, this fantasy self, maybe it's a very useful part of us and it's not really about regret and wasted energy and resource. Maybe it's just about clues and we need to look a little deeper. Uh, you know, I, one of my many weird things that I, you know, um, have tried to do recently, which I haven't actually completed, but I, I definitely think that eventually I will, I'll work away at it is this beautiful online course called Rhythm in the Home. And it's by a blogger called Eloise Rickman. I'll also link her details down in the show notes. Uh, But it's a beautiful course about creating a a rhythm with your family, your children, yourself, your partner. And 
I guess, prioritizing uh, different things like time, uh, things to spend your time on and your energy based on what you value and creating those rhythms and then being able to communicate them beautifully to your children, uh, especially like so that they understand what the rhythm looks like Um, because children do love structure. Uh, It's not a routine, but it's saying to them, this is the rhythm we We follow in our house if we can. This is kind of where we're placed. This is, we want to spend our time in nature. We want to spend our time traveling. You know, we want to spend quality time with each other and, you know, uh, quality time by ourselves. And here it kind of, here's the, how that all looks. And we want to, you know, and it depends on which season we're in and and all that sort of thing. Uh, It's a beautiful idea. And Eloise has many beautiful ideas uh, as far as like uh, parenting goes and things like that. Uh, her blog is called Frida Be Mighty um, because she, her daughter's name is Frida. And yeah, she has some great things on there. I would highly recommend looking into it if you were interested. But in her course notes, so in the first week, uh, it really struck me that, and one of the reasons why I haven't actually completed the course is because the first week she asks these incredible questions to start with. So instead of Uh, I guess what you might expect her asking, you know, how do you want to spend your time? She asks bigger things. She talks about, you know, what do you dream about? Um, What's your idea of a beautiful childhood? Uh, You know, uh, what are the things that make you like, what sort of day can you imagine that would be the perfect day? Uh, Things like that. Obviously, I'm not going to read from her notes because that's her coursework, but it's, it really struck me as uh, these questions are not things I ask myself. I've never sat down and thought about these things. And really what she was asking for was draw a picture for yourself of what matters to you and what makes you, you know, what do you yearn for and where is your heart at? And like, what are your values, you know, but in this beautiful way, this storytelling way. Uh, And yeah, I love that idea because I think that's kind of what I'm saying is if we have a look at what we're yearning for and be kinder to ourselves about the silly things that we do for our fantasy self, maybe we'll be able to connect in a more real way to who we really are, like get a little deeper with ourselves. You know, if we were a house, maybe there's a room that we haven't quite explored yet. There's probably many rooms, I guess, as you grow older that you discover. I'm sure it goes on and on. But maybe there are rooms you haven't looked in yet and these yearnings and these, you know, these desires of our heart, you know, if we were to go and look deeper into them and open those doors, uh, we might find new paths, you know, and new parts of us. Um, I remember I used to work with a photographer and she told us how she actually started doing photography uh, much later in her career. I think she must have already been in maybe her 40s or something by the time she even thought about doing it. And it was very far removed from her original career. Anyway, I I was so taken aback by that because she was so amazing at photography. And I remember her saying, you know, if I ever felt like I wanted to change path again, I hope I would be courageous enough to just go for it again because I've never had regrets. And it was so beautiful hearing her story because I think so often we we don't, I guess we sort of assume we know ourselves. We assume we know the path we're on and what we care about. But those things can change, especially when it comes to self-discovery, right? You might find something within yourself that's new and, you know, maybe one day 
I'll find myself living on a homestead. I mean, I highly doubt it, but you just never know, you know, <laughs> maybe I will become a meditation master one day. You know, you never know. Uh, these yearnings of my heart, maybe they are, you know, maybe there's something more to it. That was really what I wanted to talk about today. I'm just trying to think if there was something else I wanted to mention. Oh, just a tangent. Uh, when it comes to blogs, if you want another recommendation for an incredible mum blog, there is this amazing blog that I've been following for quite some time called Home Song. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes as well. By um, The author is Amanda Waters. Uh, she goes by Mama Waters on Instagram and she's unreal. I love her perspective on just life in general as a woman, as a mother, um, she's got the most beautiful heart and has some really interesting things to share. Again, uh, she has this amazing course called the rest retreat, uh, which I've tried to do multiple times and it is so like unbelievably beautiful. Uh, she got me onto this incredible poet. Um, what is her name? Mary Oliver, which again, like unbelievable. Uh, but she is another example of if you go and look at these two blogs I've said, Eloise and Amanda, um, you'll see kind of this image of what I would hope to be as a mum. But and and maybe it is part of who I really am, uh, just in a different way. So, uh, bringing this all back, I yeah just wanted to encourage you, I suppose, and put it out there. Is there, do you have a fantasy self? Are you spending time and resources on them instead of yourself? And if so, why do you think that is? Where is it coming from? And what could that fantasy self be teaching you about who you really are? Um, you know, could you take a moment to have a super mindful, uh, you know, <laughs> moment in your day uh, through your fantasy self's lens, you know? By looking at those things, what can you find out about yourself in the here and now and maybe bring yourself back into your own body and your own now uh, where you can focus on the things that really matter and acknowledge yourself for who you are? Um, yeah, I, that's all a big ramble, but I hope you can hear where I'm coming from. And I hope that was interesting that I shared this with you. I certainly have had my brain going a million miles an hour since I uh, watched Alison's video, which, yeah, was quite like a silly video, I suppose. But it's been really helpful. I've, I've found this really interesting to chew over in my gray cells. Uh, that is all from me this week. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been uh, really lovely hopping on here and recording this episode. I hope I will hear from, well, not hear from you, but I hope you will hear from me next week. Um, please join me if you can to hear what I have to talk about then. And until then, take care and be kind to yourself if you can. And I will talk to you again soon. Okay, bye. Oh, that was good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, like that. <laughs>